When Jesus was asked to sum up all the law and the teachings of Scripture into one command, he said to love God with everything you have, all of our hearts, minds, and strength, and to love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. That's pretty simple and powerful. But most of us have turned this simple idea of loving our neighbors, our actual neighbors, into a nice saying, maybe putting it on bumper stickers or a refrigerator magnet, and then going on with our lives without actually putting much of that into intentional practice. What would happen if every believer and every follower of Jesus took this great commandment literally? Is it possible that the solution to some of society's biggest problems that we're facing right now has been right under our noses for the past 2,000 years? Well, once again, we have a great opportunity before us to live this out. Summer is here. Summer is a great time with plenty of good reasons to get out and about and mix it up with your neighbors more often, especially now after coming out of this pandemic lockdown and extreme social distancing. How about it? There's never been a better time to start being a good neighbor. You coming with me? Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, it's really good to be back with you. Here we are, another episode of the Everyday Disciple Podcast. Been working hard. I want you to check out everydaydisciple.com. And not only is the podcast there, but there is a ton, a ton of resources. And I'm adding more all the time. So I hope you'll check that out, everydaydisciple.com. We are just kind of trying to push all the resources your way that we can and keep adding to it. And it's all categorized and there's videos and lots of downloads and you're going to love it. And I think it's super easy to get around on now and all that. Anyway, so Listen, if you've not joined us on the Facebook group yet, I would love you to. That's where we get to have conversations. That's where you can reach me the easiest and hit the community up with ideas, input, questions, but also, you know, blessed to be a blessing, right? I want you on there interacting and helping other folks out. You can go to Facebook and search for us, but you can just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook and take you right there, okay? And uh, if you've not subscribed to the show yet, go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash subscribe, and that'll take you to a page with a whole bunch of options. Alrighty, here we go. I'm going to dive right in, all right? So today I'm picking up on this idea of neighboring well in the summer months. How do we make the next few months awesome for the sake of discipleship and mission, and really, you know, get set up for a great autumn season in community. Now, if you'll apply yourself with intentionality and prayer right now, like during the summer months, you'll see your community groups or missional communities really expanding and gaining momentum in the fall. So this is sort of the time you know, we call it breathing out time. You're breathing out relationally, right? People are out and about, especially now, and they're dying for relationship. And then come fall, you know, things in, in most places, the, weather's, the weather changes. I know this, you're listening all over the world, so you can, you can adapt this to where you're at. But then we kind of breathe in and we go deeper, okay? So today I'm going to be giving you a bit of a live coaching, if you will. It's the type of conversation, pretty rapid-fire teaching and tune-up that I might have with the folks in our coaching cohorts, many of which I know are listening right now. Hey, family, 
Maybe I'll make this a regular segment or feature of the show. Just let me know if you like this. So some of this you'll have probably heard me talk about before, but I'm going to connect the dots in some new ways and show you how to layer some of this for greater impact this summer. Okay, so I'll be moving pretty quick. Like I said, it's kind of like in coaching. I'm like, okay, are you guys thinking about this, 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 and this right now? So summer is the time of year for graduation parties, reduced and more flexible work hours, backyard barbecues, picnics, fireworks, trips to the beach, all that stuff. A lot more of us are hanging around outside these days trying to soak up some summer weather. And like I said, especially after our long pandemic lockdown. And you know what? Even closer to home, I think, than never. So especially in our neighborhoods. Okay, so first off, summer is a great time to be thinking about searching for, finding, and connecting more deeply with your people of peace. Okay, people of peace are those people that are leaning into relationship with you. They really like you, and they are not afraid of who you are and your spirituality, and they're in they're actually even interested, right? And so you can check out episode 222, Where to Find Your Unique People of Peace, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. But if you want to check that out, do a full teaching on that. It's so important in discipleship and making disciples is to identify our people of peace. And Jesus taught us how to do that. And so we're looking for those, right? Many of you know what I'm talking about already. And like I said, and if not, go back and check out episode 222. Now, helping those people that God has uniquely chosen for you to disciple, to help move from unbelief to belief about who God really is and what he thinks of them and how they get to live because of Jesus, that's what discipleship's all about, okay? And so this summer, you know, instead of just kind of like, well, you know, uh, the kids are off, well, they've been off, (laughs) right? They've been home, at least. They've been around. So now I think we're all queued up for greater intentionality, and that sort of breathing out idea is looking for people of peace and building relationships and building trust, all right? Now, also want to just kind of quickly touch on, you know, the rings of relationship. I talk about that in that same episode, by the way, because as you're out there, you're going to run into people you know pretty well, but you're going to also run into like and make new acquaintances. And there's these rings of relationship where people move from acquaintances to becoming friends. And then some of them you identify as, I think that's a person of peace. Like they want to do life with us. They are interested in life and our family and spirituality. And some of those people of peace will actually become disciples and begin to really walk with Jesus in every area of life. Okay. Now, there are lots of places to make new acquaintances and start building friendships and trust with others. But today, I want to ask you to focus specifically on your neighbors. Okay. So doesn't, you know, doesn't it make sense? They're right there. Just like building a family, because that's what an oikos is. It's your extended family. That's what really a community on mission is. It's so much easier when you live near those people, because you run into them, and you see them, and you're in the neighborhood, and you probably shop the same places and all that. So this summer, specifically, like I said, there's a lot of places to make uh, to make acquaintances and build friendships. But right now, I want you to start focusing on your neighbors this summer, Okay. Here's how I want to start. I, I want to suggest you really start to get to know your immediate neighbors. And here's a little exercise. It's adapted from uh, a book called The Art of Neighboring by Jay Pathak and uh, Dave Runyon. And, uh, and I hope I pr- pronounced Jay's name correctly. I know these guys, but I ho- anyway, I hope I got that right. It's called The Art of Neighboring. And so whether you live in or on a neighborhood street, uh, a cul-de-sac, a rural lot with, you know, with like multiple acres and parcels all around you, or you're in an apartment... Try to picture the homes of your eight nearest neighbors, okay? However they might be situated, next to you, across the street, 
downstairs or down the road. All right. So to picture who are your closest eight neighbors, you know, homes and all. Okay. Got those in your head? Now, write the names of the people who live in those houses of your eight closest neighbors down. Write them down. And if you can, give a first and last name. That's great. If it's only the first names, that's okay too. I do this in my phone. I keep a lot of notes, actually, <laughs> in my phone about neighbors that I meet. When we first moved uh, to Manhattan a few years ago, we're back in Washington now, but when we first moved there, we were, boom, right there, Upper West Side, Manhattan. And everybody I met, and we purposely stayed to a pretty close you know, proximity of you know, a few blocks, mostly, because there's so much there. I wrote down people I met, who the, what their names were, where they worked, anything I learned about them, whatever. And then when I would run into him again, or I knew I was going to that place, I'd pull out my notes. I'd go like, oh, I wonder if she's working today. I wonder if that guy's going to be here. And then if they were, I knew their name. And it was always like, they were like, man, how's it going? And, and once you remember someone's name, then they want to remember yours. And people love that. <laughs> so eight closest homes, write down the names of the people who live in those houses. Okay, second step, write down some relevant information about each person, some data or facts that you you know, you couldn't see just by standing in your driveway things you might know if you've spoken to that person only once or twice. So like maybe their kids' names or how many kids they have or where they're from. If they, you know, if they're probably not from there originally or didn't, weren't born in that house maybe. Uh, where are they from? Where do they work? You know, anything that you have in common with them or you find interesting, right? Write that down next to each of their names. And then third, write down some in-depth information that you know. Probably there are gonna be fewer of the people you'll know that, but it's stuff that you'd know after connecting with those people. This might include like their career plans or some family dreams or anything to do with their purpose, you know, like their purpose in life. Write down anything meaningful that you've learned after interacting with them for a while. Okay, so right away, you might be thinking, like, uh, uh, I don't know if I'd be able to put much down, <laughs> right? How'd you do? How'd you do on your list? Okay, well, according to the experiences of those authors, Jay and Dave from the, the book Art of Naming, he's after leading this exercise with thousands of people, they said the results are pretty strikingly consistent. They said about 10% of people can fill out the names of all eight of their neighbors. <laughs> all right, so 10%. Wow, okay. About 3% can fill out the second stuff where you kind of know a little bit more about them and, you know, maybe their kids' names, where they're from, that kind of stuff, 3%. And less than 1% of people can fill out, like, you know, like some deeper stuff and really know about the lives of everybody in those eight homes, okay? That's not a lot, is it? Listen, when Jesus was asked to sum up all the law and teachings of Scripture into one command, he said to love God with everything you have, all of our hearts and minds and strengths, and to love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. That's pretty simple and powerful, right? But most of us have turned this simple idea of loving our neighbors into a nice saying, maybe putting it on bumper stickers or a refrigerator magnet and then going on with our lives without actually putting much of that into intentional practice. And it takes intentionality. But what would happen if every follower of Jesus took this great commandment, that's what it's called, right? Literally. What if every Christian took that literally? Is it possible that the solution to society's biggest problems and all the stuff we're facing right now, the solution's been right under our noses for the past 2,000 years? So a hard question to ask ourselves is, are we fulfilling the great commandment with our actual neighbors? Are we? 
Love God with all of your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength, everything you have, and love your neighbors in the same way. Are we fulfilling that? I can remember my, my buddy Kevin Turner, an old friend of mine, who I traveled all over the world and did short-term mission, short missions with him and relief work. Uh, he once told me that he wouldn't take folks on overseas mission trips if they didn't know their neighbors' names and had not started building relationships with them and gotten to the point of having spiritual conversations with many of them. You know, he was like, well, why would I want to take people who don't make disciples here or ever share their faith or love on people deeply? Why would I want to spend tons of money or have them raise a ton of money and take it overseas to export that, <laughs> right? Well, you know, it's the same way here. So many of us we're wanting to live on mission, or even, I know a lot of you listening are leading churches and all that. How well do you know your neighbors, and are you fulfilling the great commandment? I can remember when I was working at the mega church, and it was a lot of hours, and you know, I was in that building on that campus all the time. And I can remember getting to a point where it's like, I do not have one single relationship with a not-yet-believer. I only have friends from church, mostly staff. When I come home, I kind of hide. I kind of fall out. I'm done, <laughs> you know? And I realize that's not right. And if that's where we're at as pastors, as, you know, leaders in the church, are people doing any better? I don't think they were, okay? So food for thought, right? So let's start to be better neighbors this summer, okay? Now, if you're anything like a lot of people in those same statistics, <laughs> you know, that I gave earlier about how many people really know their neighbors— We've got some work to do to get to know your closest neighbors. Here are a few quick tips on ways to do that and practice some good neighboring, okay? Start throwing parties or dinner parties this summer, like barbecues or breakfast club where you do like a, you know, like a brunch or something, um, or happy hours, or organize a picnic, or maybe some sort of an opportunity to serve together in the neighborhood or in your city. And then if you do that, have a picnic or some sort of meal together. And you want to get into a predictable pattern. That's the thing. Don't do a one-off. Pick a day of the week and say, well, you know, we're, all, we're going to start doing happy hours or we're going to start doing an open table, but it's going to be like a barbecue unless it rains and we'll just come on inside. You know, hand out flyers, go door to door and meet them, invite them to join you. I know that seems like extra work and that's corny, but let me just tell you, you get 80% of the points, quote unquote, with someone, even if they don't make it, just because they saw you face to face. And they love being invited. So even if folks do not come to your party, they're going to love it. And here's another thing. This is another super like high-end user tip. If folks don't come to your party or your barbecue or whatever you're doing, it's awesome to take them some food or dessert from the party anyway. Say, hey, you know, we missed you and I hope you'll make it next time. But I know life's crazy busy. We'll be doing it again next week. But I brought you some pie or I brought you some leftover ribs or whatever. That is awesome. When you throw a dinner party or a neighborhood meal together, you really get to know people easily, right? And you can start to, over time, you'll start to notice who are those people that are coming consistently. Keep an eye on those. Those might be your people of peace. And you can start to cross-pollinate relationships among folks as well by asking good questions and listening well. Let me give you three real quick questions that we love to do. You can't do this every week, right? But like, let's say you get your first one and you get some handful of people together and you could follow up on this and go, hey, last week we did this, but you guys weren't here. But I, I asked these three questions and they completely break people down like in the best way and you get to know a little bit about them. Where were you born? Like, what is the city and state you were born or what country, whatever? What is your favorite childhood memory? And the third thing is, what is the worst job you ever had? 
<laughs> and so what we usually do is we go around, we go like, hey, I got some questions just to kind of get, help us get to know each other. Let's all go around. Where were you born? And I usually do this like once we're seated. So it's, you know, it's easier. People aren't like spread out all over the yard or whatever, obviously. Where were you born? You're going to find people are going to like, oh no, that's crazy. My dad's from there. Or like, I was born there too. Oh my gosh. You know, or whatever. What's your favorite childhood memory? Always amazing. Get to know a lot about it. I've had a few people say, I don't have any. Um, ew, that, that tells you a lot as well. And what's the worst job you ever had? That's usually hilarious. So check those out. That'll help you start to break the ice and start to get to know people and some stuff. And you can add it to your list. Okay. Here's some other stuff. How might you start to bless some of your neighbors that are starting to you know, regularly interact with them and those people of peace in either word, action, or gift? That's, that's how we train and disciple people is like, look to, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. Start living like you believe it, right? Like pray and ask God, you know, to show you who to bless in either with your words or actions or gift. Can you imagine how a few families who are together living on mission or even just your family alone, if that's all you have right now, can you imagine the impact you could have on a neighborhood if you're blessing three people or families a week throughout the entire summer, you know? a word gift, you know, an encouragement, or you drop a note or something off, or a gift. Hey, so you had a baby, or, you know, we were talking about this the other day, and I love this thing, so I just want to drop that off. I, you know, I had two, or I, I got you one, you know, a little something. Or maybe it's an action blessing, where you serve them in some way. Hey, you're talking about needing to pull all your weeds, or you're going to plant some bushes this weekend. Uh, here I am, I got my stuff, and I love it. <laughs> I love helping, right? And so, can you imagine the impact that your family would have, or if you're doing this with a handful of families already in community, if you started praying and asking God to show you who are three people we could bless this week, word, action, or gift, write it down, share it with each other, do it. When you guys get back together as a community, talk about it, how those things go. It's powerful, and it's simple, and it's really, really fun, and I would encourage you, get your kids involved, okay? So there you go. There's sort of some rapid-fire ideas on how to really dig in this summer. None of it's heavy lifting, but it does take intentionality, all right? I hope that's helpful. I hope that you'll dive into some of those things, and I know they'll work for you. This is simple. It really isn't about a bunch of hard extra stuff. It's really some intentionality. Like, think about it. Well, yeah, but we don't throw barbecues every week. Well, but you eat those nights, right? Anyway, so there you go. Well, hey, as always... I want to leave you with uh, the big three takeaways from today's discussion, from today's topic. So if nothing else, you don't want to miss these, all right? And by the way, you can always get the big three as a printable PDF for like a free download. All you have to do is go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, and you can get those downloaded. All right, let me get a little sip here. All right, hope that didn't sound too weird. And we're going to dive into the big three. Okay, here's the first one. Don't miss it. Summer is a great time with plenty of good reasons to get out and about and mix it up with your neighbors more often, especially now after coming out of this pandemic lockdown and extreme social distancing. People are more ready than ever to be reconnecting with others and are more open to hanging out and being with people. So kind of the way has been paved. To find your people of peace, you need to first be a person of peace. So throw parties. Go to parties, go for walks, ask lots of questions, and trust God that he'll glorify himself through all that. He really will. Number two, don't miss this. Jesus said to love God with all our hearts and mind and strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And, and I just want to say, this great commandment is critical in fulfilling his great commission, which is make disciples. 
okay? Don't let fear of man or performance anxiety or past experiences with your neighbors keep you from trusting God to guide you this summer. You already have his perfect love and acceptance regardless of which neighbors respond to your attempts to build new relationships, okay? So you can feel free and sent by our Heavenly Father to invite everyone to a place at the table and leave the results to him. Third, go ahead and do that experiment. Make a list of your eight closest neighbors' homes using that outline I spoke about earlier from The Art of Neighboring. Write down their names and anything you know about the people in those homes and make it your goal to complete your list by the end of the summer. See, just there you go. What if that was just primarily the primary goal? I'm going to get to know these people. I'm going to be able to answer those questions. Now, this will take some pretty great intentionality, but if you'll do this prayerfully and expectantly, you will most definitely find new people of peace, and you'll see your community growing in size and growing closer. And this is all a key component to making disciples, okay? So go ahead and get out there. I'm going to throw some uh, links to uh, where to find your people of peace, that episode uh, on the big three and also in the show notes this week for you. And I'll put a link to the book, The Art of Neighboring, full of great advice and tons of stuff in there. Okay. Well, that's about it for today. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.